turn in your Bibles uh, now to the book of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, we complete the third chapter of this letter to the church in the city of Thessalonica tonight. And that's where we'll stop uh, until I come back up for evening worship services. Next uh, Lord's Day, Sunday evening, Pastor Wagner will begin a series on the book of Judges. Tonight is our last, and um, it's fitting that these last verses of the chap of this la of this third chapter of First Thessalonians are, in a sense, a benediction. We often conclude things with a benediction, so I'm concluding these three chapters as we study uh, these final words of this third chapter um, with this pronouncement of blessing from the Apostle Paul to this congregation of believers in the city of Thessalonica so many years ago. So we read verses 11 through 13 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all the people, just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, blessing us through the work of Jesus, that you have lavished your grace upon us, that your grace has been poured out upon us by the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus himself has poured out his Holy Spirit upon us to give us spiritual sight and spiritual understanding. And then you have granted us all that we have need of for life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus. You have loved us with an everlasting love, an inexhaustible love, an immeasurable love through the Lord Jesus. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places through the Lord Jesus. We are richly blessed. We thank you for it. We pray that you might give us some fruition of that blessing. That tonight it would not just be a doctrine or teaching of your word, but we would experience tonight what it means to be blessed, to know ourselves, to have your blessing resting upon us, and to enjoy the rich blessings of your grace, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Someone sneezes, and then you say, God bless me. Without even thinking about it. A political candidate makes a speech, and at the conclusion of his speech, he says, God bless 
the United States of America without really thinking about what does that mean? What does this really mean for God to bless us? And what does it mean when we say to someone, God bless you, may the Lord bless you? Is it simply a good wish, a nice statement of well-wishing to someone, or is there more to it than that? What we have before us here is a sort of benediction. We have in our worship services uh, the benediction, the concluding statement of our worship service. What is a benediction? Here the Apostle Paul uh, gives us what is a benediction of sorts. It is in verse 11, an expression of desire that God would bless him, a desire in a sense for himself. And then in verses 12 and 13, uh, his desire for God's blessing to rest upon his brothers and sisters in Christ in the church in Thessalonica. So tonight we look at uh, the benediction. What is the nature of a benediction? And then we want to look at the content of this benediction in particular. First, what is the nature of a benediction? Well, some think of the benediction as just the closing prayer. It's just, you know, it's the way you end the service. How else you're going to stop? You know, you just go quit. You got to say something, right, that uh, brings the service of worship to an end. And thus, some think it is the closing prayer um, of some special significance just to close the worship service itself. As a result, many have adopted the habit of closing their eyes and bowing their heads when they hear the benediction because they think of it as just another prayer. And so what should we do when we pray? We close our, head, uh, our eyes and we, we bow our heads. But I think strictly speaking, the benediction is not a prayer, although it contains many of the elements of a prayer. The benediction is not offered to the Lord on behalf of people, as happens in a prayer, but rather it is stated directly to the people themselves. So when I pray, I direct my words to God. I say, Heavenly Father, would you please bless John or Mary or whoever else it might be? But when I pronounce a benediction, I say to John or Mary, may the Lord bless you. There's a subtle distinction. The one is directed to our Heavenly Father asking Him to do something. The other is a pronouncement of blessing directly to the, person, the people themselves. Uh, Dr. Hughes Olds in his thesis, his doctoral thesis, he's done um, tons of work and written tons of books on... Um, 
the worship of the church throughout the ages. I think a seven or eight volume work on the, the reading and preaching of scripture in the history of the church. His doctrinal thesis, uh, which I hold in my hand, is called The Patristic Roots of Reformed Worship. Patristic refers to the early church fathers. Some argue that the reformers of the 16th century were ignoring the history of the church and ignoring the early fathers of the church in the 2nd and 3rd centuries. Dr. Old proves that wasn't the case. That the worship of the reformers, when they were looking at the worship of the Middle Ages and saying, there are so many things that have been added to that worship that need to be removed, that are traditions that have no foundation in Scripture, and they were arguing about what should be left and what should be removed and what should be altered to make it more biblical, they did consult the early church fathers. In fact, uh, the reinstitution of expository verse-by-verse -verse preaching was following the example of early church fathers, such as Chrysostom in the 4th century. Uh, Dr. O addresses the question of the place of the benediction in the life of the church or in the worship service. And he has some interesting comments to make about it as the refer reformers um, considered whether or not uh, they should retain an item or remove it or alter it. And uh, he makes these statements. The benediction is a very special, in a very special sense, is uh, is God's word. This we find with particular clarity in the story of Balaam. Calvin calls it an efficacious attestation of the grace of God, which is performed by the priest in accordance with God's command, as being from His own mouth. It is a proclamation of grace, which the people receive by faith. In other words, it might better be classed as a type of sermon than as a type of prayer. He goes on to say, the benediction is particularly related to the prophetic ministry. As a prophet whose eyes had been opened by God, Balaam saw the blessing which God had bestowed upon Israel. He therefore pronounced God's benediction through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit upon the people of God. So it is that when the pastor of the church pronounces the benediction upon the congregation, he recognizes that it is the church, the body of Christ, the seed of Abraham, the heir to all spiritual gifts. In summary, he makes this statement. In summary, we might say that the benediction is not simply a valediction, nor simply a prayer for grace appropriate to the end of the liturgy, but rather the pledge that divine benevolence of that benign, divine benevolence which is the source of our salvation. Now the word benediction uh, is derived from the Latin word benedictus, meaning bene, good, well-pleasing, and dictus, word or saying. It is a good saying. The Greek word um, is much the same in derivation. Eulogetas, the word eu, which means well or good, and the word lagos, which is the Greek word for word, 
thus a pleasing word. Or a blessing. Pronounce a blessing. It is a word which is often used when someone is calling upon God to bless someone. Not to bless themselves necessarily, although the Apostle Paul has an aspect of that in this text before us, but to bless someone in his name. As in Deuteronomy 10 verse 8, uh, where we read this word, At that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord to stand before the Lord to minister him and to bless in his name to this day. The tribe of Levi was to pronounce blessings in the name of God upon the people of God. Sometimes, um, you know, since I'm a professional prayer, I get asked, ministers always get asked to pray, or would you, would you say the blessing before a meal, or would you bless, which sometimes people will say, uh, Pastor, would you bless the food? I wish I was in my power to bless food. I don't have the power to bless food. Uh, what they really mean to say, and sometimes I will say, well, I don't have the power to bless the food, but I'll be glad to ask the Lord to bless the food. In a benediction, we are pronouncing a blessing on something. So we find the, the word used in Scripture in the family and also in the church in the Old Testament, in the family, a father would pronounce a benediction upon his children. He would pronounce a blessing upon them. As in Genesis 9, when we read of Noah pronouncing a blessing upon his sons, and one of them, of course, he pronounced a curse upon. In Genesis 27, we read of Isaac pronouncing a blessing upon Jacob. He declares a good word a pleasing word of blessing upon his son. Genesis 48, 15 to 16, Jacob in turn pronounces a blessing upon his son, Joseph. We read these words, and he blessed Joseph and said, the God who, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boy, Joseph's son. And in them let my name be carried on and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. He's pronouncing a blessing upon them. When I used to put my children to bed when they were little, there I would do four things. Now first, we read a Bible story. And after we finished that, then we sang the song, Old Dan Tucker. <laughs> and then I would pray with them. And then I would place my hand upon their head and pronounce upon them a benediction, a blessing. It was the last thing before they went to bed. And often it was 
the Aaronic benediction from number six. I would say their full names. Charlotte, Emily, Barnes. Jennifer, Evelyn, Barnes. Christopher, Roland, Barnes. Jordan, Knox, Barnes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face. They're looking at me right now. Shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Amen. That was so much ingrained in their um, experience that when someone babysat them, they would make the babysitter <laughs> give them the benediction before they went to bed. The Father pronounced a blessing upon their children. In the church, pastor is called upon to pronounce <clears throat> a benediction or a good word upon the church, upon the body of Christ, upon the household of God. And there are numerous examples of that, uh, both Old and New Testament, upon the people of God. I just quoted for you the benediction of Numbers 6, verses 23 to 27, the one that Aaron was to pronounce upon the people of Israel. And there are, there are many more. Uh, Leviticus 9, 22-24. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. It is though, as though he himself was placing his hands upon them to confer some blessing upon them, some blessing of the grace of God. And he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering, the peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. And when they came out, they blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Those blessings and benedictions pronounced by the priests upon the people of Israel carry forth into the New Testament uh, the ministers of the gospel pronouncing benediction upon the people of God. Romans 15, verse 13 is one of many benedictions that you find in the scriptures. Uh, here, the Apostle Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's a blessing pronounced upon the people of God, spoken directly to the people of God, that they might know the blessing of God. Or one that I often use in the morning worship services, 1 Thessalonians 4, um, I mean 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you. He will also bring it to pass. That's the pronouncing of the blessing of God upon the people of God. And thus what you should do 
rather than bow your head and close your eyes, is look up and forward and receive, like my little children, the blessing of God as it's pronounced upon you by the minister of the gospel. And uh, of late, I've seen many, some within this church, also hold their hands out, also as a gesture to receive uh, the blessing of God. That's certainly appropriate as well. So that's the nature of a benediction. Now we note here, secondly, uh, the, co the content of this benediction here, uh, very briefly. Uh, there's always a calling upon God to do something for or to us. It's not just a vague wish, but a direct and specific desire for God to do something for us or to us. And in this, uh, these verses, there is both an, an, an us word concern, that is, Paul has a concern for himself, something he wishes God to do for him, something, some blessing he wishes God to, 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 to put upon himself, as well as a them word concern that some blessing he wishes to be placed upon them, uh, the believers in Thessalonica. In verse 11, it's a sort of a concern the Apostle Paul has for himself. Um, it, it sort of has more uh, the nature of a prayer at first. Uh, Lord, bless me. What is the blessing that he wishes to experience? Here the Apostle Paul has in mind his request or longing in verse 10. He longed to come and be with them. Remember, he was almost anxious about their faith, wondering if their trials and tribulations and also his own trials and tribulations had caused their faith to somehow be weakened or threatened. Uh, it was not anxiety, but a godly concern for them as a shepherd for his sheep. And he, he longed to go to them. He could not go to them. He was prevented from going to them, so he sent Timothy in his place. And Timothy had come back and given a good report. But still, he longs to be with them. And so he cries out, Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. That is the blessing he wishes to experience. The reunion. To be with these dear brothers and sisters in Christ and to share his life with them. And he knows that it is within the power of the sovereign God of heaven and earth to direct it and make it happen in some way or another. He doesn't know how. And he's been prevented thus far. But he, this is his plea. God bless me by directing my way to you in some way. And we know or surmise that this request was granted him in Acts 20 verses 1 to 2. We note that he was able to return to Greece and perhaps he, in his trip there, was able to go to Thessalonica as well. And we note also, as he cries out, um, there is a sense of essential unity between Father and Son here. Note the Apostle Paul calls upon God and our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord uh, together, asking them to bring blessing. The Father and the Son together called upon as equal sources of power and blessing. God the Father and his exalted Son, the Father blesses, and the Son is the mediator of all the blessings of the Father to his adopted children. So the Apostle Paul can write in Ephesians 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing 
in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It is in the Lord Jesus that we secure the blessing of God and experience the blessing of God and his grace. So Paul calls upon first the Lord to bless him by granting him his request that he might be with them. And that is the upward concern. And then there is the themward concern or focus. Uh, and here is the dominant focus of the benediction, the good sayings, the pronouncement of blessing. Um, Lord, do this in the lives of your people. It is the Lord upon whom we call to bring blessing upon us and upon those for whom we are concerned and whom we love. And the Apostle Paul asked that the Lord would bless the Thessalonians with two things. A deepening love for one another and others. And then growth in grace and holiness of character. May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you. He states it is his desire that God the Father and the Son will so bless them that their love for one another will increase and abound, not only for one another, but also for all people, that they be filled up like a glass full and overflowing with the love of God, for one another, and that would spill out of their lives toward all people so they would not become some holy huddle restricting their love only to one another, but it would ostensibly spill out also to those who do not know Christ in acts of evangelism and mercy. And Paul says they have an example to follow as they recall the manner in which Paul and others have loved them. May that happen in your life. May you grow so deeply in your experience of the love of Christ and for one another, that it spills out um, into the lives of, of people that you know in this community who may not know Christ. That would be a great blessing, wouldn't it? And that they would grow in uh, holiness. He says, so that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. May God cause their love to increase and abound so that God may establish their hearts without blame in holiness. To establish means to fix, to fasten, immovable, settled, grounded, mature, unwavering in the pursuit of holy lives. That at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we would stand before him without blame. So we pray for one another. We pray unto God that he would bring his blessing. And we also pronounce blessing directly upon the people of God according to the riches of of his grace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the blessing of your grace does even now rest upon us. 
through the work of our Lord Jesus and the presence of his Holy Spirit, would you deepen that sense of blessing, even as you give us the privilege of coming to your table? This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.